Welcome back and Shavua Tov. We are, uh, this is the fifth day of Hanukkah and we are learning actually the fifth chapter of Lichot Tefillin, Mezuzah Vesefer Torah. Chapter five deals with the Mezuzah um, very specifically, very particularly. And good news is most of what we do today is what uh, is prescribed by original Halakha as presented by the Talmud, as compiled by Harambam. So let's get to it. Halakha Aleph. How does one write the mezuzah? He needs to write the two parashiot, which are the Ve'ahavta parasha Shema Yisrael and Ve'ayim Shamoa, on one parchment, one single parchment, um, and, and then uh, one must make some kind of a spacing the 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 paragraph the 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 parchment needs to have margins of um, about half a siporin half a nail um, I don't know in inches but I think I suspect this should be like a quarter of an inch a little less. And if uh, a person actually splits up the parashiot and it ends up being not one parchment but two or three parchments. That's fine. It doesn't make it invalid. However, he must make sure not to make the shape of the paragraph like some sort of a of a uh, triangle. In other words, the first line being being very wide and then narrowing it and narrowing it until the last line of the text is very very narrow, forming a triangle. Or Igul is writing it in a circle, or Kuba is writing it in a triangle, but the opposite. Writing this uh, the mezuzah not in the right order. So if you start by writing Vehayim Shamoa and then proceed to Shema to Vehavta, it's Pesula. If a person writes them in uh, two separate pieces of leather, uh, it's uh, it's pesula. I'm sorry, what I said before of writing it in two or three dapin. Uh, let's try to understand how this uh, correlates with shne uh, But if it's two leathers, two pieces of leathers. Uh, then it's uh, it's pasul. So what does it mean? Uh, I think it means if it's in the same if it's in in the same piece of leather, just it's cut uh, two or three uh, pieces. But I'm not sure about this. So look into this again. The question is: Harambam says time shalosh dapin is keshera, but on the other hand, shne orot. If you write it in two separate pieces of leather, even if you then sew them together, it's invalid. A Sefer Torah or a Tefillin that uh, became worn, worn out, and you want to use that to, 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 for something else, people used to recycle everything back in the day, you want to use it for a mezuzah, you cannot, you may not. 
ולא מן הגיליון של הספר. Also not from the, the part of the, of the book that was not used for writing, but was used as a margin. So Sefer Torah, if you open it all the way till the end, you'll see that the very, very end of the leather of the parchment is empty. And because that's where you start rolling it, you cannot use that for a mezuzah. <coughs> because this actually is less kadosh, believe it or not, than the mezuzah, and you may not, uh, I'm sorry, because mezuzah is less kadosh than the sefer, and therefore you may not bring the kedushah of the sefer Torah down from the sefer Torah to the mezuzah. It's a mitzvah, it's a prescription to make the paragraphing between the parasha of Shema and Vihayim Shamoa, parasha setuma, meaning that you begin the Vihayim Shamoa in the same line. Uh, in other words, it's really one long column and it has two paragraphs, one Shema Yisrael, one Vihayim Shamoa, but they are separated in the middle of the line, you don't start, you don't begin a new line for Shem, for However, if you did start a new line for Vehayim Shamoa, that's kasher, because uh, in the Torah itself, it also is not, these two paragraphs are not in the same place, so it's not like you're changing from what the Torah did, the Torah itself separated them by quite a few chapters. And again, as we explained with the filin, the tagin, the crowns of the letters were used to be very specific. We are going to see what the tagin are for the mezuzah, not the same as the filin, definitely not an automate, automatic, automatic uh, tag, uh, Torah, uh, crown-like uh, shape on top of each of the letters, Sha'atnez, Gats, or Badak Haya. And rather, these are the little crowns that one must make in the mezuzah. The first parasha, Shema Yisrael, although is a parasha that appears in the tefillin, in the tefillin and in the mezuzah, you'll have different crowns. Again, lending, uh, making the proposition, lending itself as support for the proposition that each of these crowns might have meaning. If the same letter doesn't get the crown, um, depending on whether it's tefillin or mezuzah, that means something. That means that it has to do with the context of the mezuzah, the context of tefillin. In the tefillin, uh, there were different letters. In the, in the Shema Yisrael of mezuzah, there is seven letters. There seven letters that each of them have three little Zain-like shape, creating this little crown. Veluhen, Shin ve'ain shel lishma, the Shema Israel, the first word, the Shin and the Ain, ve'nun de nafshecha, u'shne zainin shel mezuzot, u'shne tetin shel totafot, u'farasha shenia yeshbaha shesh otiot. And the Vehayim Shamo has six letters, al kol ot mehen, each of these letters has crowns of three zine-like shapes, and these are them. 
ושני זינים של מזוזות, ושני תתים של תותפות, בסדי שלעל הארץ. So these are the six. ואם לא עשה תגין, and if a person failed to draw these crowns, או שהוסיף בהן או גרע מהן, לא פסל, or if he did more or less, it doesn't become פסול, which is why the מזוזות we have today, although they don't follow this prescription, would not be invalid according to הרמב״ם. ואם כתבה שלא בשרטוט, או שלא דקדק במלא וחסר, או שהוסיף בה מבפנים ואפילו עוד אחת הרי זו פסולה. And if the person wrote without שרטוט, without tracing the lines uh, sharply on, in a 3D way on the body of the parchment before writing, or uh, he misspelled something by not having the yod, or having the vav, or not having the vav, or having an extra yod where it's not necessary, or where it is necessary, or if it has even one extra letter, it's pasul. Um, Haramam is not telling us here which is Hassan and which is Malay, because we've gone through that for Tefillin, and these two parashtiyot of the Mezuzah also appear in the Tefillin. There is a widespread minhag, pashut means something that is widespread, that's conventional, that one writes outside the mezuzah, on the other side of the parchment, right where there should be the separation between Shema Yisrael and Ve'ayim Shamoa, the word Shaddai. Ve'en ba'zeh hefseh levishomi b'chutz l'hambam, here from his tone, doesn't seem like he likes this, but he says, this doesn't invalidate the mezuzah, because you are doing that from the outside. אבל אלו שכותבים בה בפנים שמות מלאכים, או שמות קדושים, או פסוק, או חותמות, however, those who write inside the mezuzah, names of מלאכים, or some sorts of holy, presumably holy names, or פסוקים, or any kind of, of uh, endings of berachot, or formulas, these people are by that losing their olam haba, because these full ones, isn't it enough that they are right now invalidating the mitzvah of mezuzah, Think about what people are doing. Let's say someone writes some kind of a superstitious formula inside the mezuzah. So not only is this making the mezuzah pasul, and it is making the mezuzah pasul, but also they are saying, they are claiming by, by their actions that they care much less for the mitzvah of Yehud Hashem, which the mezuzah represents, of holding God's oneness so dear that we put it on the doorposts of our homes, and loving him and worshiping him, all of that is worthless to them. The only thing they care is their own uh, alleged protection and benefiting their own physical life through some stupidity that they think is a magical formula that's going to bring them, let's say, parnasa or health. Really, is, is that what you're saying, that you care more about the parnasa or the health than about God and about loving him and about worshiping him? I mean, you have so many other instances in your life, including working, 
and going to the doctor, which you do in order to improve your health and and uh, and parnasa, don't use this one thing that you have for worshiping Borei Olam for that purpose as well. Rambab is not even saying that this is uh, not working. Of course, it's not working. He said that in the 11th chapter of Ilkhot Avadatara, but it said, even if you thought that this is working, think of what you're implying. You're implying that you care much more about your Parnassah or your Refuah than about God. And this is a sure way of losing your Olam Habba. You're preferring explicitly Olam Hazeh over everything in Olam Hazeh which will bring you to Olam Habba. Halakha Heh. ומסווה לכתוב על הארץ בשיטה אחרונה בין ראש השיטה בין באמצע השיטה. And it's, it's, a, it's a מסווה, it's, a, it's a, a good thing to do in the מזוזה, to write the words על הארץ, כי מהשמיים על הארץ, which are the two last words, together, and you write them either um, in the middle of the last line, or at the beginning of the last line, but not at the end of the last line. So that it doesn't seem like something is missing. And all the, the scribes have come to a so some sort of a standard in order to make sure everyone respects all of this misvot of writing a mezuzah in 22 lines. So that the words al ha'ares end up fitting as the first two words of the very last line. ואלו הן האותיות שבראש כל שיטה ושיטה על הסדר. And these are the letters that if you follow this 22 line uh, standard, you will have at the beginning of each line, שמה אדוני הדברים לבניך ובשוכבך בן והיה מסווה בכל יורי עשב פן והשתחוויתם השמיים ועבדתם ושמתם אותם אותם בדרך ובשעריך אשר על הארץ. And uh, this was a sure way of the Sofrim to know how long each line should be for the Mezuzah to look very uniform. Just like with the Tefillin, the Mezuzah, you roll it from the end to the beginning so that when you start opening, you encounter the very first words of each line. After one rolls the mezuzah, after one rolls it up, he puts it inside some container, some cylindrical container, shefoferet means a cylinder, of kane, they used to use back in the day some uh, um, like uh, bamboo, uh, kane is the, the bamboo uh, straw, or ayats, uh, or wood, or kol davar, or anything. It doesn't really have any, any, any meaning. And then you take that container, and you put, you affix that on the, the doorpost with some kind of a nail. Or you can also dig into, create some kind of a, a, a groove inside the doorpost and in that put a mezuzah and i've seen that you can see that in the rova in Yerushalayim. many houses have this method of storing the mezuzot inside the the wall 
There is a little hole in which the mezuzah goes. And before affixing it on the doorpost, one says it's beracha, which I just read, and one need not or should not say beracha the moment of writing, because the mezuzah, the mezuzah mezuzah is fulfilled by affixing it on the door, not by writing it. If a person hung the mezuzah <coughs> um, uh, just by placing it, let's say he puts a very long post next to the doorpost and on top of that he puts the mezuzah so it's very easy to take it when needed, that's pasul because it's not really affixed, it's not attached to the door. And back to the symbolism, as we mentioned, the filin, mezuzah, and sefer Torah are the three elements which we, with all of our all aspects of our life, we contain. So we, Am Israel, are the container of the Torah. How do we do that? As a community, we have the sefer Torah in the hechal. As a family, we have the mezuzah part of our home, the mezuzah becomes part and parcel of our home architecturally. That's why we affix it, we attach it with a nail. And individually on our body, we tie the tefillin. And of course, we're not going to nail something on our skin, but we tie it with another piece of skin. So it's skin on skin. It's really almost part of us. It merges with us. That's symbolism. If a person left it on uh, behind the door, this is nothing. It's it's as, as as if nothing was done. Likewise, if uh, a person makes uh, drills into the wall where the doorpost is. And then inside that drill, he puts it inside, very, very hidden from sight. And people think about this, let's have some sympathy. They used to do this with Atzakana when it wasn't very safe for people to know you were Jewish. So you try anything you can to hide the mezuzah. But the point of the mezuzah is that it be visible and seen. And uh, this is a, a kind of a, a way of hiding it. So again, you drill inside and then you put that roll inside the drill like you do with some luck, the way a luck goes inside its hole, so too, that's, uh, that's, another way for hiding the mezuzah, uh, we said some, you may dig a little bit, a little groove inside the wall and put the mezuzah there, but if you go as deep as one tefah, as one um, palm breath, which is about five inches, that's also pasul. What if you begin building a door by having a mezuzah, you put a mezuzah inside this uh, bamboo stick and then you join more bamboo sticks one to the other until you have a full door. And this is pasul because you put the mezuzah before there was a doorpost 
on which to put the mezuzah. You need to have first the house, first the structure of the house, and then affix the mezuzah to that structure. The mezuzah of the individual must be checked twice every seven years. Twice every seven years. And the one that belongs to the public twice in a cycle of seven, seven years, of 49 years. The mezuzah is really is a, is exposed to the elements, to, to the weather, it's exposed to mold, it's exposed to, to many things that might make some of the letters fall off. And therefore, unlike the tefillin, we do have a concern that maybe some letters got erased, in which case we'll have to change it. And therefore, we do have to check it once every, twice every seven years, in the case of an individual, or twice every 49 years, in the case of uh, of the community. is a that's equal to everyone. It's gender neutral. Also women and servants who are otherwise exempt from mitzvot that depend on the day, like tefillin, that depend on the time, like tefillin. And we also teach minors we educate them to have mezuzah to their uh, properties so this could be the case in an orphan let's say that inherited the property or even in uh, your own children's rooms they should all have a mezuzah even if the room is theirs it's their property if it's your property that's your mitzvah but even if it were their property you'd want to educate them to have a mezuzah there a person who rents a house outside Israel or a person who lives in some kind of a hotel of a flat in Israel is exempt for up to 30 days from having to put mezuzah there but a person who rents a house in Israel Sorry, that person is obligated to put the mezuzah as soon as he rents the house. It's different in Eres Israel and Chutz Laaretz, obviously, to encourage people to feel the ownership and the attachment to the house that they rent in Eres Israel. Hachamim said, put the mezuzah right away, make it your home. Eres Israel, we have to make it our home. Uh, if uh, someone is renting a house, uh, you, you have the lessor and the lessee. The lessor is the one who rents out the house. The lessee is the one who rents it and lives there. Is the one who lives there, the resident, the lessee, the tenant, is the one that is responsible to bring a mezuzah. Even if uh, part of what he is paying as rent includes mezuzah service. It's his responsibility. Because the mezuzah is an obligation on the inhabitant, on the tenant, not an obligation on the house itself. It's not a structure. It's the person living there. And when a person leaves a house in which he's living, he 
may not or he should not take the mezuzah with him, but rather uh, he leaves it there. But if the house belongs to a goy, then a person might take the mezuzah when he leaves, or he should take the mezuzah when he leaves. We are going to continue with the sixth chapter in just a few minutes.